It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast. It's the Reds edition, presented by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com digital sports columnist and editor with Local12 anchor Gary Miller. Um, Gary, 2-9 and nine start as we, uh, as we do this podcast. The Reds back home to play the Cardinals. Um, certainly a worst-case scenario in just about every way, from injuries to performances. It, it, do you see anything to this point that you've liked in 11 games and, and really since the last podcast last week? Uh, probably went down a little bit, even though we were a little harsh last week because, um, you know, it's a horrible road trip, uh, although they were in a couple of those games, including last night when they took it to the 12th. So if I'm looking for positives, I'm saying Iglesias, but they haven't had any reason to use him. And we're going to touch on that here in just a little <laughs> bit for sure. Uh, Joey's starting to hit finally. A little. But he still doesn't have an extra base hit. Zero extra base hits. Um, you know, and the injuries ho- are ho- I guess ho- Homer's, Homer's start maybe. We'll go with that. How about Homer Bailey's start? I, I, that's the yeah, positive. And we've you know, t- two out of three. Right, and that's the kind of what we talked about is, is look, you – Certain pitchers can string together four, five, six really, really good starts in a row. Those are the elite guys. But you're looking for some level of consistency. So, two out of three, I, I think I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. He's you know been they've been competitive in two of those three games, and even the game that he lost, you know, most he had more good innings than bad. Right. And he really when he came out in the fifth of that game, he still could have stayed in there. Right. Um, I'm not pinning this on Brian Price, but I have to ask the question because it's a question that's, that's hanging out there for a lot of Reds fans. And it's not your answer. I guess that's the, the golden answer, but it's one I'm going to ask you. Um, at 2-9, and nine, coming off 90-plus lost seasons, um, he's dealing with a very, um, very backed-against-him deck, for lack of a better term. But at what stage do they maybe look to pull the trigger in the managerial seat? Well, I think a lot of fans, as you mentioned, are – have been calling for it. Um, the, the thing, and we've talked about it a lot in the sports department, you and I have discussed it. Uh, Lark is the, the logical choice, but I wouldn't want to give this team to him. Correct. And, I, and if I was him, I wouldn't want this team either. Right. I, you know, John Farrell's obviously in the organization. I'm, you know, I, that makes a little more it, sense. It, it does, but if you're John Farrell, it's the same thing. Do you want this to be your next opportunity if you're looking to get back into managing, or do you realize – all right, I'll bite the bullet on this because I want to do something else. So, well, maybe maybe it's Riggleman moves up, you right? Because right. he was been has got a good track record as a manager. Um, but I guess the overall question is: is it's not Price's fault by correct. any means? It's, it's correct roster, it's performance. Uh, but I think the thing that fans are starting to get a little upset about is when you're this po- bad, right. two and nine, they expect a little more fire from the guy who's leading the team and setting the tone. And you know, we discussed this last night down in the sports department too. Your two veteran leaders who should be your clubhouse leaders or on the field leaders, Joey Votto and Homer Bailey, they're not really not rah-rah correct. inspirational correct. guys. He doesn't have that guy right. on the field. And Brian, he can't change himself. That He is who he is. He's kind of a mellow, uh, analytic guy, but... I don't know how much longer fans, you know, if this homestand goes, well, it's not even a homestand, it's four games right, for the Cardinals. Correct. If this doesn't go well and they're anxious to get some wins, you know, I, I, I don't see, you know, Memorial Day if this is, if you're talking like 10, 15, 20 games under 500. Yeah, I was told uh, if they hadn't maybe won a game um, on the ro- on the road trip, at least a game, that, that it might have been pulled, maybe even as early as, as Pittsburgh. I think that would have been very premature. We're talking 
less than you know two weeks into a season. But I, I guess it comes down to you, you have to throw the fans something right or wrong. Um, you know, you can see there's not a big season ticket base. We saw that with one of the games that had 10,000. That oh. probably tells you the season ticket base is either right around that number or just below that number. Exactly. Um, you know, you can only do so many fireworks nights and bobblehead nights and all that before fan, the, the, the fan that wants to come out to watch the team perform says enough is enough. And I think a lot have reached that breaking point. Again, I, I hate to point the finger at Brian Price because we're going to talk about some of his pitching decisions here in a moment. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I can't tell you he's a good manager or a bad manager because he, he hasn't had a chance to really... I don't know what I'd have done differently, Skinny, Yeah, with, correct. With rotation, yeah, I have a, I have a couple bullpen, things I would have done differently in a couple order, games, but yeah. You know, I, I might have played Urban more, and he's starting to come around given the uh, at-bats only because uh, uh, Shebler's right. hurt. But, you know, and Billy showed some signs in, in Philadelphia, right. but yeah, they're... But again, would that make it wouldn't make him a 500 team? Probably not. Probably not. Um, and I, I, I do feel bad that, that if this has been your opportunity, um, that you really never had a, a fair opportunity. But we've seen this in the game. I mean, you, you get a chance and sometimes it's with a great team and sometimes it's not. Um, you got to make the most of what you've got. And, and maybe people can look around and go, guys, a heck of a manager. I mean, let's. Uh, to, to give people a history lesson, Casey Stengel was a seventh place, last place manager before he went to the Yankees, won a bunch of World Series titles with the Yankees, went to an expansion New York Mets team and was a last place manager again. Um, he did do some great things. People will tell you through the 50s what he did managerially was brilliant, but he also had guys, right? And I think yeah. that in, of all the sports, a lot of times this is a game where, yeah, does a manager make a handful of game difference? Yeah, I, I can say that. A game here and a game there. Yeah, there especially some of these have been really close. Correct, you know? correct. But is he going to change a 90-loss team and make it a 90-win team? Probably not. No, and, you know, let's let's hope that there aren't any further comparisons to the original Mets. Yes, correct. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> They're a, on their way. <laughs> well, the way they've played at times, it feels like it with some base-running blunders yeah, and some, some fielding issues. Fielding. Yeah, yeah, it does look like those those early 60s Mets. I, I do – I will – I will nitpick a bit on, on Brian Price, and it deals with a guy you brought up a minute ago, Rizal Iglesias. And I know for a lot of managers, the closer is normally, hey, if I've got a lead, that's my guy. Reds have not had many leads, right. and he hasn't been able to turn to him. But he had a couple of opportunities in a couple of different tie game or one-run game scenarios to use Rizal Iglesias. And it, I, I really thought the way he talked last year before the year of using him and Lorenzen in multi-out circumstances, multi-inning circumstances, that maybe – he was going to look at it differently than managers. That the book is there's my seventh inning guy, there's my eighth inning guy, there's my closer with the lead guy, as opposed to, hey, he's my best arm right now. He's my best option in a one run game to keep it a run or in a tie game to keep it tied. He has chosen to use others, whether it be Tanner Rainey who came up and gave up a grand slam in a one run game and turned it into a, a five run game, whether it was Kevin Quackenbush in a tie game who gave up a home run that ended up losing it. Is he. Is he misusing or underusing Rizel Iglesias? I saw some signs of desperation in the finale to avoid the sweep right. in Philadelphia. Iglesias finally got in, finally got a couple of innings. Um, you know, it, it, it's clear that he's capable of being the two-inning, six-out guy. He was a starter. Right. You know, and I think he could have gone a third inning in the, the series finale with Philadelphia. kind of thought he would when he batted. Yeah, and the only, and the only thing I can think of is, is that with you know with, with no off day in between that he figured he's going to need him again right. in a day or two. But, yeah, but absolutely. I mean, if you're that desperate for a win, a tie game, I may have to think about leaving the guy out there. Yeah, I saw some moves, uh, you know, last night that indicate kind of what we started with, Skinny, the, you know, is 
His price, I'm sure he knows. You know, and new going in, really, fifth year, back-to-back 68-win seasons. I think part of the thing that Price is burdened by is the organization kind of pushed this idea of, let's get rid of this rebuilding word. Well, this isn't rebuilding. This is regression. Correct. And that, that's, that's, that's the perfect word for it, Gary. It, 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 this was supposed to be kind of that transitional year where we – look, I think fans bought into the initial, initial thought of, okay, you are probably going to have to rebuild. And when you saw the pieces get traded off from Cueto to Leak to Jay Bruce, some fans didn't understand it. Some fans are never going to understand that. But that was the sign of, okay, this team has to start to rebuild by trading off salaries, looking to get some prospects because they didn't have a ton in the, in the system. And, and some of those have worked out. Some of them obviously haven't. Um, but this was kind of the year of, okay, you got an everyday eight that you feel pretty comfortable with, and you've got a couple of good young arms that you're pretty comfortable with. And, yeah, it's still a tryout for some guys, and you're going to get some look-sees at some guys. But this felt like the year that was going to flip that. And, and look, you can't you – know, the, the, the Suarez injury sets you back, and mm-hmm. Shevler not being able to play sets you back some, all of those things. Joey hasn't hit like Joey probably will hit, and there's been some other circumstances. But overall, it does. It feels completely like regression more than progress towards, towards the, mi- the middle. Well, and you look at, you know, the Pirates sold off uh, McCutcheon. They've uh, – Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole, right. Some of the guys they got back are doing a little better than the guys sure. that the Reds sold off, at least in the short term. And the Pirates, you know, again, it's April. But they look very competitive, and that lineup is diverse, and it's got pieces that can float in and out. It seems like the Reds' pieces that intermatch – and, again, the injuries have hurt them with this, but – you know, the four outfielder thing, really a five outfielder thing, if you include Irvin. You're right. Um, seems more not out of advantage, but more out of desperation or, well, this guy's at least not as bad as the other one is. And the good thing, here's another encouraging thing for me, is Jesse Winker. The guy's been able to live up to that on base. thought that he can get on base. Now, I hope the power comes. You know, maybe it's playing in 40-degree rainy weather for a week when things heat up, when he gets back in this ballpark, which is more generous. You know, some of those rockets they hit in, in Philly were to the dead center, you know, the, the wrong part of the ball. 409 feet into a cold breeze, right? right? I mean, it's not going anywhere. And, you know, some incredible catches, and Jeanette hits one off the wall right. and then hits one, to, you know. And I think Scooter has got to – hit like he did last year, or that's an incredible liability at second base. Yeah, the defensive part of it, and it's not just the error. It's it's not being able to turn a couple of key double plays and, and really a couple of simple key double plays. And, look, I know he got rolled up on on one of them, but as a major league second baseman, that's your job to avoid that, right, and make, yeah. make the turn, and he didn't even come close. The error cost them, obviously, in the Wednesday night game. You know, a lot of times when you talk defense, people just look at the, the number under the E category, and that's really not always it. It's – What's your range like? Can you know? The, right, which is not you know even big even for him either. Yeah, and when you don't turn a double play, nobody gets hurt in the scorebook by that statistically. But it's a bad defensive play right, that you weren't able to turn out, it right. And, and I do think he's I mean, he's hitting for average. I think the power will come when he gets back in the ballpark and, and all of in this ballpark and all of those things. I think you saw it even in Phil. I mean, he had a couple of just missiles that, that mm-hmm. probably should have been out and would have been out. Different time of year, different different ballparks. So I think he can, but you're right. He's got to hit and hit big to not be a liability defensively at second base. Yeah, and then, you know, the other – we can go all around the infield and and, and the pitching staff. I know you want to get to some of the rotation issues and the bullpen issues, but um, 
We were kind of critical of Peraza last week on the podcast, and you know he's starting to hit. Yep. Uh, I'm not sure he's a plus defender. I think he's at least an average defender. And, and I'm, it's got to be one of the other. Either he's going to hit and be that average defender, or he's going to be a plus defender and not hit. And I think right. I think it's more he's got a chance to hit and be an average defender rather than rather than ever be a plus defender as a shortstop. So, so the top of that order is looking pretty good. After that. It gets pretty thin. Tucker started to come out of it right. a little bit on the road trip. You know, he hit a big home run. and uh, But Duvall has looked completely lost. Uh, you know, he strikes – he's striking out like about 40% almost rate. half yeah, the time. Alarming rate, no question. Uh, so – and and the Shebler thing was kind of a – you know, when it happened, I thought he had hit broken elbow. I mean, it looked awful. And, again, it wasn't. The x-rays didn't show that. But – it seemed pretty obvious that this guy couldn't play. And I don't know if he wasn't totally honest with them right. or what, but you lost a lot of days there when you could have had another roster spot where you're just carrying a guy who can't play. And you thought, well, maybe today, or maybe today, and now suddenly you're retroing him. Right. And he's still not going to be available until the 16th. Correct. You could only retro him three days because of the change from 15 to 10-day DL, so it's changed some of the, some of the dynamics as well. Um, Joey Votto doesn't have an extra base hit, and, and in some cases when a guy hits an age, you go, uh-oh, Mm-hmm. Uh, should we be uh oh, or is it just hey, it's been cold weather, it's been it just hasn't had lift that look the numbers will come because uh, you know he's he's not walking at the rate he's walked in the past and right. that's always he's that's also a lot of first pitches that's also been something people have been critical of with Joey Votto too is that he's taken too many walks and in, in times where maybe he should swing at pitches out of the zone to drive in runs so this is kind of a damned if you do damned if you don't but when you look at the numbers not walking even close to the rate you mentioned swinging at first pitches no extra base hits is it alarming or is it when you look at an eight point you just you can't get too high too low either way you look at guys skinny i don't think you can deny the age factor now, obviously he completely blew it out of the water last year with his best season ever right. but he's gonna be 35 by the end of this season uh and yeah it's about the time he's already cheating time right correct um he plays in a generous ballpark to help him with the power numbers but you know there's not a lot of protection and the, the shift that Philly put on, now I give him a lot of credit for, and anybody can do it, Joey can do it. You know, he can, he can like a pool shot, he can send it to left field. <laughs> well, the way that shift in Philly was, he had about eight bumpers out there in, he in weird places. Through it too. I know, which is incredible, <laughs> incredible, for goodness sakes. So, yeah, I'd be a little concerned. And I think, you know, that was the big thing that we were thinking coming in based on last year was, well, this team's got pop. And I was in the group that thought that. I still think that. But you take Suarez out, you take Shebler out, Duvall swinging and missing, and Joey maybe hitting the magical age. Suddenly, a lot of that pop is gone, and gone right. quickly. Right. So. And then you got Suarez out for probably at right. least a month. Right. Uh, we're gonna. I suppose that's the next subject. Is it, will it will be. It will be. It will be. I do want to get on, on a couple other things, and, and you talked talk about the pitching staff. You know, if you do take out, and I did it, did it this morning before get ready for the podcast. If you do take out Quackenbush. And Gallardo, um, Jackson Stevens, and, and even the start that Cody Reed had, which is three earned runs and in, in three innings. The, the pitching staff ERA is in the low fours. It's four point one nine, so it's not alarming. Now you got these guys that that make it more alarming. But I do want to ask you on Giovanni Gallardo. At the time they signed him, I even remember I put the story online that day that he got signed. And and look, I had to fill in some blanks and talk about his past just so people knew who the guy was and all of those things and and, and that. And, and I knew about his past, but, you know, you start to see, you're like, okay, this guy was pretty good at one point, but then mm-hmm. you see what it has been lately. And he you was also, their best pitcher in a given year. And you, yeah, correct. And you also look, though, and go, 
for a guy who the Brewers let go, coming off two bad years, has really never been a bullpen guy, in an organization with young arms, I, I, I was on a radio interview this week with Lance McAllister on, on 1530, uh, ESPN 1530, and my, my answer to him when he said, well, what, what did you make of it? What I made of it was this. What are you doing as an organization? When, when you're doing things like that, what does that tell you about your depth? Screams, it screams. It's and I, look, I know injuries. What's your plan? What's really? your plan? That's How does the key. that fit into whatever your master yes, plan is? Yes, for 2018 and beyond. You know, Gallardo could be a guy that maybe fills in the fifth spot in rotation. You maybe. certainly don't bring him in as a middle reliever to blow what was possibly a game he could have stayed in. Yes, completely. I mean, and the Brewers wanted him to make the. The team, sure. You know, He's a former a former Brewer ace. That coming was back that to the organization. Was the training ground was spring training. Yes. And he didn't cut it. Yes, you know, should have looked elsewhere. And the only thing I'll give him credit for is they cut the court pretty. Quick. Correct, and that that part I will give them credit for as as well for for sure. Um, we talked about Homer Bailey start, which was good good to see. And and I, I again, I, I it's going to take me a while to pass judgment on on the kids. But as I mentioned, I, you look at the overall number and you look at a Quackenbush coming and giving up key home runs, it doesn't look good. But but when you extrapolate those guys that probably shouldn't be here anyway, I start to look at the pitching staff, and I, I know this sounds like crazy for people listening to this. I don't feel that bad. I really don't. I think it's, I think it's still going to be okay. I think they can be better than they've been. Yeah. I'm com- particularly concerned about Castillo, because especially when you look at Aaron Nola's start the day before, who's actually older than Castillo right. uh, and has a similar hype of – Prospect stuff. You know, this guy, the guy is going to be your future ace. Right. The same kind of things we hear about Castillo. You know, each starts. This third start was better. The Gopher ball has been killing him, and he doesn't mean, seem to make smart decisions. And he got a smart catcher. Correct. That should be calling really good pitches for him. I don't know if he's not throwing them. I know he's missing his spots quite a bit. Um, I don't know. It just he doesn't look like the ace in the making. That, that he did last year. That he did last year, yes. And that's that's the that's the disappointing part. And the, the only thing I can say is, and I think when you keep watching it, there is a, it's a guy with stuff. Right. Stuff doesn't always translate, but it is a guy with, with, with stuff. Another one back to the Yovani Gallardo part of it, and I used Cody Reed in that mix too. This is the third chance he's gotten to start. He started a bunch of games back in, in 16, only came up and made a spot start last year. It was actually an emergency start in April. Got bombed by the Cubs and, and did actually some decent things in relief. Um, uh, for for them, but they're trying to make him back into a starter. Your 12 starts in, I said it on Twitter, and I had some people that blasted me, which is fine. 12 starts in, 8.37 is his career area in those 12 starts. When do you say, I've seen enough? Or when do you say, I need to see you do it a full season in Louisville before I can believe and give you another chance up here? He's going to get another chance this weekend. Yep. Um, I, I hope he die. I'm not rooting against the guy. I just know what numbers tell me and what my eyeballs tell me. The guy's pitched 52 and a third innings as a starter and given up 16 home runs. That's an alarming number, for goodness sakes. And, and so it's a guy that's shown he doesn't have a lot of control and that when he does so strikes, dudes are hitting it a long way. That's, that's not a very good mix. And it tells, but, it, but it goes back to at what stage do you say, right, I've, I've run the guy out enough. I had fans tell me, oh, 12 starts can't give up on a guy. I'm, I, I understand that thought process, but there's not been much of a glimmer of anything in those 12 starts to make me say, keep running him out there. It's been very disappointing. And you got Marcelo Zuna and Jose Martinez coming to town right. in a bandbox ballpark yep, yep. with the weather heating up. So uh, Cody Reed is a guy who, you know, we talk about Castillo. Reed has some of the same uh, 
proponents that say his stuff is unreal. And he's young. Uh, the thing I start to wonder about, and I think that's a good suggestion, he, you know, he's only used – he has no idea what his role is right. with the Reds. If he was in Louisville, he would be, you know, in the rotation, probably the front of the rotation, it, it, work on some things. And not to cut you off, but if in a perfect world, if Brandon Finnegan were healthy and DeSclafani were healthy, he wouldn't even be here. that's what he would be doing in a perfect world. So, yeah, right, correct. But – And hopefully he'd pitch better at Louisville than Brandon Finnegan this week. Yeah, good point. <laughs> um, but you have Amir Garrett who has started. I think, I think Amir future, Garrett has passed him. I, but he hasn't passed him because they over they bypassed him to go to Cody Reed. I I, I don't disagree but, but with I'm you. In terms no, no, of yeah, I don't where disagree. I would rank absolutely them and the opportunities I would so, give. I think Amir Garrett's shown more. Yeah. So when you see Cody Reed get that start ahead of Amir Garrett, when you see Cody Reed um, getting another start ahead of Amir Garrett, and yeah, I know Finnegan's not too far from coming back, and so he would fill that Cody Reed role. What does that tell Amir Garrett, or does that tell us about Amir Garrett? Have they have they moved on from him as a starter? I hope not. I hope not either. I don't know if it's just complete need to you know give back up to Peralta right. uh, and have another lefty out there. He's done well in the role. He's done great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but it's always great to have a lefty in your rotation. It's not going to be Reed. We'll see what, you know, Brandon Finnegan's uh, uh, rehab start was just. Was eh. Very yeah, not, not just the runs. He gave a lot of walks. He like, straight out one in five innings, which sometimes I, tell you. What are these for, like 90 pitches? Something like something that, right? yeah. So yeah. that was encouraging. Right. Uh, let's hope. But they expected him to be up by now. Now they're going to need to see him again. Yes. And see what he's got. But, that, again, how good is he going to be? Yes, fair enough. You know, and there's another residue of the Cueto trade. You know, these were supposed to be guys that by this time were, were high-impact, like guys that you pointed to. As kingpins in your in your rotation or on your lineup or out in the field, they haven't gotten a lot of return. No, correct, correct. The guys they gave up. You got one year out of Finnegan at this point, and it was a, it was a solid year. Decent, but yeah, yeah, it was a solid year. But that's that's what you've gotten. The debut of Hunter Green this week. Um, I, I followed it on MILB TV, and, and it was it was pretty electric to watch. Seeing some of the highlights. Um, he did give up two runs in three innings. They limited him to 50 pitches. It was actually, I think, 53 was the official number. But it was going to be around that 50 number. Mm-hmm. Let him get through three full innings. The eight strikeouts, though, um, you can see the stuff is just electric. And, I, look, I, I don't know what the timetable is. I don't know where they think the timetable is. But it is fun to see in this organization right now, devoid of some pitching, a kid like that. This is a guy who not just Reds fans, but all of Major League Baseball is pretty keyed up on, and rightfully so. And, you know, having been out in the West Coast, uh, I saw the Julio Urias right. development. Very, in fact, started earlier than Hunter has. You know, you have to remember, Hunter's not that far out of his high school Correct. graduation. Correct. And he didn't throw many pitches as a high school senior. Th- th- this time last and year, he was still a Very few last year. This year, he was still in high school at that, right. th- this time That's of year. Right. Ago. They hadn't graduated yeah. yet. So, but he's a physical specimen. He's got the great – you know, it's interesting, a lot of those eight strikeouts that he got in those innings, a lot of those came on his breaking Yes, pitches, correct. Which is actually kind of a good sign. Uh, yeah, because if you're blown away, A, guys, with that right, kind of with stuff, you, miles an hour, you should probably do it. That's not going to happen up correct. here. So, but, yeah, I'm very excited about him, but I think they'll be very cautious with him. I think, you know, there's been talk about 100 innings this year. That might even be generous because yep. uh, he is the future for sure, but it's at least – 
two years. At Maybe least. the end of next September. Yeah, at, at the, the, at the best, at the best, for, for sure. Um, all right, last subject, and, and you mentioned it, and it is one that's, that's worth bringing up. It's, it's the decision on, on Nick Senzel and what to do, when to do it. Suarez got hurt. That certainly, I'm sure, popped in everybody's mind. Um, they are able to bring him up Friday, tomorrow we're doing this podcast on a Thursday, and, and avoid a year of arbitration. Um, there's also the possibility of waiting till sometime in June so you at least avoid, avoid the Super 2 designation of arbitration. Um, for me, and I wrote this, and I, I said this on, a, on the talk show I was on as, as a guest, I, I think I even throw all that aside and say, don't even worry about that part of it. I think that's the added benefit of not letting the clock start by leaving him in Louisville. It's also let's see what he can do in 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 Louisville. Let's see him. Yeah. Let's see him dominate for not just a week or I'm two glad weeks. We didn't have to have an argument. Here. Yeah. No. Let, let's say, see let's him. Bring, do- I no. We we're going to say let's see what he can do in the big. No. Leagues. No. No. I, I, no now, way. Now, if we're in June, the guy's hitting the buck sixty in Louisville. Correct. These are and it's really early. Triple A at bats. Yes. Correct. He's, he's been playing second. Now he's playing third. They eventually might want to see him at short. Yeah. I agree. Get him. Several hundred AAA at bats, and the and the added value is not let the clock start. That's the added value right. too. But I'm even throwing that aside and saying no, no, no. Even if even if it wasn't an arbitration issue or potential Super Two issue, to me it is. The issue is I want to, I want him to dominate. I want I want him to basically dictate to the Reds. I'm hitting and doing so well. You have to bring me up right now. Yeah, that's the point in time to do Chris it. Chris Bryant comparison. Chris Bryant yeah. was terrorizing Correct. AAA. Chris Bryant was ready. They just waited because of the, the of the clock, arbitration yeah. clock, and it didn't cost them. It it, it was the right thing for them I to do. I think it's more important, Skinny, is as I just mentioned, the guy's second, third. Who's he eventually our shortstop? If Peraza played some short the in the spring, you know. The, the, again, where's the plan? Right. With this is your most prized offensive player. Yeah, I, I thought the plan was because Scooter Jeanette, Jeanette signed a one-year deal, went through the arbitration process, all those things, that, that they, they were looking just for insurance that Nick Senzel could be our second baseman if we can't get right. Jeanette. Or if they trade him. Or if the they deadline. trade him. Yeah, however, however it will work out. I mean, who knows? Maybe they sign Jeanette long-term and Senzel does become a shortstop. I, that was the other part of, of let the kid – um, let him show that he can handle it defensively as well at second base. And and I know there's a there's not a lot of difference between third and second. People will tell you all those things, but there is. I mean, they're well, they're just the there. There just is. Yes, second correct, is, is correct, correct. No question. And we've seen Scooter yeah, Jeanette Scooter, not be able yeah. to do it. Yeah, it's, it's shown he's not the artistic type. No, I'm glad we agree on that. And and I I think for fans, just so they're clear. This isn't the Reds being cheap. The added value is you don't start the clock. That's just the for them. Right. It is. And whether you agree with this or not, as a fan, well, why haven't come up and failed? Correct. That's exactly it. And we've seen well, guys. Like I say, in the we've seen in Louisville. We've seen the can't miss guy, right? The can't miss guy that comes yeah. up and has killed it for at a certain stage of of minor league ball. And you think, all right, we can bypass him quickly and get him up here because he's going to kill it. And that guy fail. I want when Nick Senzel comes up. I don't want it to be short term for two weeks or four weeks. Right. I, I want it to be as a job. Yeah, you're the and guy. It's his. Yes, just like Chris Bryant. When it was time for Chris Bryant to come up, although he proved around a little bit, he did. Too. But he showed some. Yeah, he showed his versatility too. Right, but he said uh, you're in our lineup. Yes, correct. Not sure and, where, but you're yeah, exactly. either third or left. Exactly, Gary. I appreciate it. Um, certainly a, a rough start. Not one the Reds I know from a fan perspective uh, could have even even dreamed of. Um, but I, I, I know fans don't want – I don't think there's far away, but it is a disappointing start. There's no question. You need Joey Votto to start being Joey Votto. You need, um, you, you need some, some things to go right with some personnel. Um, I, I get all that, but it, boy, 2-9 and nine is, is, 
you talk about if I had told you the worst case scenario for this organization and 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 from a fan perspective, this was it in a nutshell. It, yes. for, in every way, shape, Next or to form. Next to 11 this Correct. week. <laughs> and, and trust me, it was darn, if you look back at the two wins, it was darn close to 0-11. Yeah. You know, the other thing, Skinny, as we wrap up is you see the teams we played, the Pirates, the Phillies, you, you know, you see the Hoskins, you see Polanco for the Pirates. You see these guys in April overachieving. The Reds don't really have anyone right now Correct. who is overplaying what we thought they could do or having the bust out April. We're used to Joey Votto having a you know a cold month, right? Cold spell, sure. usually almost into May, uh, but we don't have anyone who has busted out and said, "I'm carrying this offense." You know, the only I'm guy that was, was even close to it who was good, not great, was Suarez. Right, correct. And now he's out for a month. Correct. So, and nobody's doing it on the pitching staff. Maybe Malley will see if he can do it against the Cardinals and make two out of three for him. Iglesias has been doing what we hope he would do, but nobody is exceeding expectations, and you're not going to put together a three, four, five game win without streak that. without somebody getting really hot. No doubt. Gary, appreciate it as always. Uh, We'll be back uh, next week on another podcast. We're going to actually uh, talk about a couple of books that have, that have come out. i got a couple of guests for that. Looking forward to it. So, Gary, thanks very much for stopping in. Jed Demusi will be back with us next week as well. For Gary Miller, I'm Richard Skinner. This has been the Skinny Podcast, the Reds edition, presented by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati.